superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Back at it again. Uh, Friday, cruising on into the weekend. Just watching. There's about 30 seconds left in this game. Russell Wilson with the, some may say, and I think many would agree, the greatest formation in football, the victory formation. Pete Carroll is fired up. Uh, Packers lose. Seahawks win 27-24. Good, uh, very entertaining Thursday night game. Uh, I'll, I'll dive in right now, really, to the Packers. And th- then I'll touch on Seattle, who actually is not dead. And then we will talk a little bit about this L.A. game, uh, the Kansas City, really the game of the year, at least on paper so far. Uh, mo- moved back to Los Angeles because of the field conditions in Mexico City. And they did the right thing. I mean, it's this game deserves to be played in America. You don't put the game of the year on international soil. So we got a little lucky uh, as football fans, Americans, as the Rams, you know, <laughs> this game. The Azteca Stadium, having followed the Raiders, that basically have played a game there a year for the last several years and are playing there next year. It is cool. They played there on Monday night a couple years ago. But big-time games. This isn't college. Shouldn't be played on neutral field. Uh, and then this game on Sunday night. Now after the Packers, they're dead, has real implications. Are the Bears for real? But let's start with tonight. Listen, starting with Rodgers, he is incredible. There is no disputing his talent. His box score tonight, you just look at it, 21-30 for 330 yards and two touchdowns. He threw a couple beautiful deep balls. I mean, just he makes some of the greatest plays. Again, he's the Marino Elway of my generation. He makes some throws that just no one else makes. On the move, on the run, just incredible but he also consistently is not like and listen the the more talented you are in in life the more you can just get away from the fundamentals like I lived with a guy in college was the smartest guy I've ever met in my life now is an independent business owner still buddy of mine uh millionaire I mean he's just brilliant he didn't have to study I I lived with him one year I didn't study either I almost failed out of college you know some guys in life, don't have to work as hard. They're just, you know, smarter. Some guys, no different, like, guys that stay skinny. Uh, I'm someone that has to watch what I eat and go to the gym, or I get fat. Some guys just have good genetics. Don't need to necessarily worry about it. Rodgers just has an all-time great arm. He doesn't have to have his feet set. He doesn't have to always be fundamentally sound like Phillip Rivers or Peyton Manning. And it consistently costs him on layup throws. And I would imagine, and I'll get into Mike McCarthy here in a second, 
Uh, you you always want to coach a guy like Aaron Rodgers, but it's not that easy. He, he's clearly not listening to you. I, I mean, he he's, his footwork, again, he gets away with it. He never steps into a throw. Tonight, there are balls, just layup throws that he skips, that he misses, because he just doesn't set his feet. <laughs> you know, he definitely is not doing what they're coaching him up to do in practice. Now, you'd be like, middle cop, you're just a hater. Now, again, I, I think he's fantastic, and that doesn't necessarily bother me that much. But in a game where the Packers are no longer that talented, they need him to be borderline perfect. Like, 21 of 30 is not good enough. They needed him tonight to be 25 of 30. And when I pay you $100 million in 12 months, I, I'm sorry, my standards rise. I think I, I, I have different expectations for you. Like, I have different expectations for Steph Curry in the playoffs than I would other NBA point guards. Welcome to life, you know? I, I go into a playoff series with Buster Posey. I expect him to kick ass. You know, I go into a big game, and let's call it what it is. This was must win for Green Bay. I don't expect you to be perfect. I mean, this is the NFL. But I need your A game. And it tonight wasn't his A game. Now, he had a couple A plays. He had a couple A-plus plays. But he also just made some mistakes that are avoidable for a guy of his caliber. You know? And it's just they can't afford to pay him this much money and not have him be elite. And, again, I, I didn't think he was elite tonight. He made a couple elite plays, uh, but he wasn't consistently elite start to finish. The other big problem, and let us I've been beating this drum for a while, and everyone that listens to me knows that Mike McCarthy, I thought, was a dead man walking the moment they beat the, the 49ers on Monday Night Football. And having worked in the league, I, I don't think I ever would have known this uh, until you really feel it working in the NFL because you're always so happy after a win. But not all wins are equal. You know, you can beat when you're a good team. You can barely squeak by a shitty team and think like, God, that's everyone's happy the next day. But it kind of puts a Band-Aid on your problems. Winning can Band-Aid problems. No different for those listening. Like, if you're... Uh, you know, we've been in an incredible economic time the last four or five years. You know, sometimes it can band-aid what's actually going on in an individual company, with your individual business, whatever you're doing. Just because everything's so good, so many companies are spending money, it's pretty easy to do business right now. I mean, it's not. this isn't the toughest time to do business. And Mike McCarthy, in a league that has never been easier to score, on a team with Aaron Rodgers, a good offensive line, Devontae Adams, who's having a borderline all-pro season. Devontae tonight had 10 for 166, and it was just awesome. This Aaron Jones cat, I, I didn't know that much about him, beside Packers Twitter's always tweeting about him, like, give him the ball more. He looked great. They don't give him the ball enough. I think he had six touches in the second half. It's like, Mike, it's over, buddy. It is 100% over. What I would personally do if I was Mike Murphy, the president of the Packers, Brian Gudikins, the new general manager, Mike McCarthy would be given the pink slip probably tomorrow after lunch. And I know that's harsh. He's won a ton of games, and it's zero disrespect to him. I mean, it's a little disrespectful, but it's time. It's time to let the country know, the football country, meaning your future potential coaches, this bad boy is open for business. We got Aaron Rodgers. We're the Green Bay freaking Packers. Check our resume. Check the players we have on this roster. We got some cash coming into free agency. We got multiple first-round picks. This bad boy is open. Mike McCarthy, we appreciate you. Good luck in your future endeavors. This helps you maybe start over, but we're done. It's time to move on. And this isn't a hot take. This is like, what, what is the point in waiting? You know, you're now 4-5-1. and one. If the, if the Chicago Bears win Sunday night, they'd be 7-3. and three. I mean, they, they are, they're in a different world than you. Even Minnesota would still have a better record than you right now. They're 5-3-1. and one. So I, I, I just don't necessarily know where, or excuse me, they're 4-3-1. and one. What the end game here is for Green Bay, not firing Mike McCarthy. He clearly is not going to be the head coach next year. 100% not. So you might as well just do it now. You know, it felt like, not that they were on the fence last year, but at least crossed their mind. Now they've been validated. And now, it didn't take tonight to validate for me. It was, I 100% knew after the Niner game. Because again, 
sometimes winning against a crappy team, you know, you know, but you can justify it because you won. And this is a black and white league in terms you win or you lose. There's no gray area. So you celebrate, and our coaches will tell you, we always celebrate wins. And that's true to a point. But when your standards are high, when you're the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, should you celebrate all wins? Like, should you be excited over a squeaking by a Monday night game against the 49ers? Because I'll tell you a team that doesn't celebrate all wins. The New England freaking Patriots. You know why? Because their standards are the highest in football. I'll give you another uh, team that doesn't celebrate all wins. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Why? Because they have high standards. Not all wins are created equal. Just like not all losses are created equal. There are good losses. Seattle's had two of them. To the LA Rams. Where I thought, damn, Seattle might be a playoff team. Tonight, you saw like they built off their good losses. And they won a game where they didn't even play that well. They fumbled on the first play of the game that led two plays later to a touchdown. And Seattle's sitting there right now at 5-5. Five and five. Let me pull up their schedule really quick. They have not played the 49ers yet. So they get the 49ers twice. Here's their remaining schedule. At Carolina, tough game, but they're going to have three extra days rest. Then they get the Niners at Levi's. That's a win. Or excuse me, the Niners at home. That's a win. The Vikings at home. That's a tough game for Minnesota. Then they get the Niners. Then they get the Chiefs. And then they get the Cardinals. So right now at 5-5, and I got three lock wins. And then they got three swing games. The Panthers, Vikings, and Chiefs. All three of those games are hard. But... I mean, all, two of the three of them, Vikings and Chiefs, are at home. Uh, you you got to give Seattle credit. I, I crushed them early in the year on this podcast. They did a terrible, terrible job of getting value for the Earl Thomases that's now on injury reserves in a walk-in free agency, the Michael Bennetts, the Richard Shermans. It cost them. It, it really did. They, they did not get value for their guys when they were kind of done with them. But... I'll give John Schneider credit. I'll give Pete Carroll credit. I'll give Russell, I almost called him Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson credit. They have they have a culture there and a toughness in that organization, and it starts with the head coach and the quarterback that, man, I mean, last year they went 9-7, and, and but they still had some of those guys. This year they got rid of them all, and, and they're 5-5. Five and five. And they're headed, at worst, it looks like, for 8-8. Eight and eight. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they get to 9-7. and seven. Let me pull up the wild card standings right now. I, I don't think it's crazy that they were to get the sixth seed right now. Minnesota would. So that, that they, they're going to have a playoff game, basically. Whether Minnesota wins or loses, they'll, they're 5-3-1 and, and right now technically in the sixth seed. So them and Seattle and Seattle seventh at five and five, and Green Bay is eighth. So Green Bay ain't making it, Atlanta ain't making it. That sixth spot is going to be between them and Minnesota. So that that sixth spot really could be as simple as come down to the game that Seattle and Minnesota plays. I'm all in. I, I wouldn't mind Seattle making the playoffs. I, I think they easily could show well that wild card weekend because again their culture translates. They run the ball well. They have a star quarterback who, again, I mean, he's flawed in the sense that sometimes he'll, you know, do a 360 in the pocket and get a dumb sack or, you know, have the boot play action where Frackle, the guy I'd never heard of, you know, sacks him because he doesn't even, you know, he doesn't get rid of the ball fast enough. But I'll tell you this. I, I've been watching Russell Wilson very closely since the moment he came into the league. Those first three years when the Niners were humming and they just had some great games and, Watched every snap all year of Seattle, and he has gotten so much better. I mean, he's a star in Seattle, and they know this. And any team that's ever played against Russell consistently knows this. You you don't want to see him on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, uh, because the the dude is a star. Flawed. I mean, he's got some issues, but first ballot Hall of Famer, all time great player, who is you know again I, this is. Not trying to take a shot, but he's more coachable than Aaron Rodgers. Before we get into the Monday night game, which is weird because it's only Friday and we got a game of Sundays, and we'll get into the Sunday night game, but God, this this Monday night game, uh, I, I wish, hell, would they play it twice? <laughs> you know, could they play it Sunday and Monday? But it's just Monday, so we'll uh, I'll get into that in one second. I have a couple thoughts. But I want to talk about my, my guys at Audible. Discover the easiest way to juggle 
bringing content you love while doing your favorite athletic activities with Audible. Just listen to Audible's unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more allows users to experience new journeys without having to stop what you're doing. Any book can be heard on the go. I'm listening right now to the Belichick Ian O'Connor slowly but surely <laughs> listen to it over the last month. It's a great source. You know, when I'm working out, I always throw it on. Uh, by becoming a member, users receive one free audiobook a month, exclusive sales, and 30% off regularly priced audiobooks. Plus, your books are yours to keep forever. With Audible, you can go back and re-listen at any time. You have them for, you know, perpetuity. If this doesn't sound good enough, Audible is offering my listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash three and out. That's audible.com, the number three, A-N-D-O-U-T. Browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, you know, and start listening right now. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash the number three, A-N-D, out, or text three and out to 500-500 and get started today. Okay, this Monday night game, we'll start with... First off, I, I get the league is expanding internationally, and it's you know it's always good. I, I don't want to say they have a monopoly on America, but they are they dominate American sports. Uh, I, I saw uh, I, I'm one of those people who watches a lot of baseball and just can tell you it's dying. But you know Fox disagrees with me. They just paid a 35 percent increase on buying the sports right for Major League Baseball, and I don't think it starts till 2021 or 2022. I would say that's a little risky, <laughs> you know, I, I, and again, I, I watch, I am the consumer they're looking for. I'm in my early thirties. This 34 still counts early mid thirties, watch a ton of baseball. And, uh, just most people I know don't, you know, my age group. Now everyone watches football. Why? Because of fantasy, because of gambling. I, I got an email today that the New Jersey sports books say that they've never had more money gambled than over the last 30 days or the last month. Like, there, there's never been more interest in gambling in fantasy football because you can play year-long or you can play daily. Just football's unique. And this year, to me, has been such a big bounce back for the league, mainly because, listen, I, I love defense as, as much as any football purist. You know, I, I would consider myself a football purist who's just open-minded and gets you have to adapt. Like, my favorite segment forever – on, uh, you know, the pregame show for Monday Night Football was always jacked up. Like, I, I like watching Ronnie Lott, Ray Lewis, Reggie Whites, uh, the greatest defensive players ever destroy people. That's an element of football. Why, when I played football as, you know, in junior high and high school, whatever, why you get into it, you aspire to hit people. And then you realize, God, it hits hard. And you realize you're not any good, so you can't play anymore. But it's the reason I love the game. Even when I could not play anymore because I stunk, why in college, why after college, why I'm still talking about today, I love the sport of football. I love the violence involved in the sport. Though, for the sport to maintain and continue into perpetuity forever, hopefully it never goes away, they had to change. And they've changed for the better. They've changed for, it's a much safer league. And it's a much more offensive league. And, and no two teams, and really three, because the Saints, you throw them in there too, and we talked about it on the last podcast, have capitalized better than the Rams and the Chiefs. Just an incredible matchup. And I get it. They put this game in Mexico City. They didn't know the Rams. I mean, the Rams were good last year. They took a step into elite greatness this year. And I think we thought the Chiefs, Andy Reid, has a long resume of being competitive. You can never just count them out. Patrick Mahomes looked like he was really talented, but you never know until he plays. Then it turns out like, holy hell, these two might own the league for the next 10 years. And this game was going to be played in Mexico City, which would have been sad because the league invested so much in Los Angeles. They sent two teams there. Stan Kroenke is building this thing. The Rams are going to be LA's team forever. Uh, they're capitalizing now. If they were to win a championship in the next year or two before they go into this palace that Kroenke is building, it's huge. Like this Monday night game deserves to be played. And I'd say the same thing if this was going to be played at Arrowhead and they were giving up the game. Like this, you shouldn't give up a game for this. Like, I, I get sending the Raiders away. You know, they always play in London or Mexico City. That's fine. Their, their games are irrelevant. I get sending the Dolphins around or the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, hey, I got news for you. Next year with the Rams, like, they don't have to play a game somewhere else. Just have them play in L.A. They're too valuable to the league. 
We need this team humming. Like, it, they're, they're good for business. They're good for the league's business. They're good for my business. If you're a fan, they're good for your fantasy business. You know, if you're a gambler, they're great for business because they blow out a lot of teams. Same for the Chiefs. Like, let's just make this a normal game. Now, I, I don't know. I had a conspiracy theory. Maybe Cronky, you know, it's pretty corrupt in Mexico. I don't know if you've ever been. I haven't been in a long time, maybe since college in Puerto Vallarta. But when I was scouting, I went to UTEP. It was the farthest. I did the West Coast, and that was the farthest west I went. Long drive, actually. I think I went from, like, Arizona one day all the way to New Mexico and then to El Paso. I mean, it was a trek over a two-day span. But I remember driving by Juarez. Now, Juarez is one of the toughest areas in the in all of Mexico. It's run by the cartel. I mean, it's I don't know if there's such a thing as a fourth world country, but it's 100% a third world area. And Mexico City's different, much safer. Much safer might be strong, but I mean, it is safer. They've played NFL games, but this game never should have been played in Mexico City. And the I guess there was a concert there last week. The field is just in terrible shape. The NFL got lucky because... They need to build this thing as they go to L.A. You, I mean, they're already in L.A., but go into this new stadium with the prices it's going to be. And the Rams are so good, they've earned this. Like, they deserve I, – I saw someone tweet, and this makes sense, that they haven't had a Monday night football game in Los Angeles since 95. Like, is Monday night football what it once was when I was a kid, you know, in the 90s when you'd get like an Elway versus the Raiders game or you get a Far versus the Niners game? No, it's not quite the same. It doesn't at least feel the same. But it's still a really, really big deal, you know, and it still it still matters to me. Again, I'm 34, so it matters to everyone older than me. It may not matter to the dude that's 18, but it matters to a large percentage of this country. And uh, I, I, this game deserved to be played in L.A.'s home field, and I, I, I couldn't be more excited. I haven't been this juiced up for a game. Like, I was excited for Rams-Saints, but this game with these two offenses, Mahomes, McVay, this is as sexy of a matchup on paper as, like, the league right now. I don't care what this game looks like on on Monday because games don't always live up to the hype. Would 1 million percent sign up for this game in the Super Bowl? Uh, I, I can't wait. I, you know, it's just I, I could bypass Sunday just to get me to Monday. Dive in to the Bears. But first, really quick about my guys at Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, cryptos, and commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy, people like me and you. Uh, it's not an intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time because it's so easy. They have incredible graphs. It's really pretty basic. And at the end of the day, it's very simple. Clear design and data presented in an easy way to digest. Here's the key. Anyone that's invested knows that you get charged per commission and that's the great part about Robinhood. there is no cost no commission fees other brokerages will cost charge you like ten dollars every trade the design very easy to use very easy to understand i have used it and like we do at cal poly my alma mater learn by doing learn how to invest as you build your own portfolio uh here's the thing Robinhood is giving my listeners a free stock like apple ford Sprint, you name it, to help build your portfolio. Sign up at Middlecoff, M-I-D-D-L-E-K-A-U-F, just one F, dot Robinhood.com. That's Middlecoff, one F, dot Robinhood.com right now. Okay, the Bears. After tonight's game, I, the Packers are done. We knew we had a decent idea before, but, but now it's over. And the, the game, do you know the irony of the Bears is their best player on their team, Khalil Mack, is on their team, obviously because the Raiders traded them to him. And they have him because, mainly because the Jets, the Bills, the 49ers, John Gruden believed that the Bears were going to be the worst team. I said it at the time, It's it was one of the most insane trades I've ever seen. No team in the league. Not, the other 31 teams over their dead body would they have traded Khalil Mack. Let alone, and this is this really speaks to Gruden being out of the loop. Uh, I've got a couple buddies on the Bears, so I followed their team. But if you just followed the NFL, just casually, I, I mean, I would have paid attention to them anyway. You knew that they had been one of the better bad teams on in the league the last couple years. 
they played good, de- especially last year. They played good defense. They had a bunch of pieces, so you go, God, they added Mac with that defense. Then what did they do this offseason? I don't know. They added an offensive coach that had been groomed by Andy. They added, you know, you would just say, well, they did, even if you didn't love taking Mitch second overall, he was a first-round prospect. So there is something to work with. You get a quarterback coach in the head coach, former quarterback in Matt Nagy. Then you already got a couple running backs. You add a wide receiver in Allen Robinson. You add Trey Burton. Kevin White finally stays healthy. You go, God, this team, you know, they may not be a playoff team, but they're going to be 8-8. Eight and eight. Well, now they're 6-3, and three, and they've been flexed twice. I got a press release this week from the NFL, and this is the shows you how low Bay Area is. The Niners and Raiders were the two games flexed. The Raiders and John Gruden were flexed out of Sunday. Not this game. This game was flexed previously. But the Raiders on December 9th were flexed again for Bears Rams. So the Bears, we're going to learn a lot about. Uh, This game is huge. Uh, I think the Vikings are playing well, but they get them at home. Then they got the Lions. Then they got the Giants. Then they got the Rams. The Packers could be done. The 49ers and the Vikings again. So they still play the Vikings twice. They get a cupcake in the Niners and a cupcake in the Giants. They still have the Packers, who by then, Mike McCarthy could be long gone. They got the gutless Lions. At 6-3, and three, they almost feel a lock to be 9-7. and seven. But if they win this weekend and they go to 7-3, and three, they can kind of limp down the finish line with 10 wins. If you just go 3-3 three and three down the stretch, you're going 10-6, and six, you're going to win the division. And you're going to be hosting a game. And say what you want. If the Bears take care of business this Sunday – and, and I, I think they should. If Mitch just plays within himself, uh, their defense is so good, they're not going to have to get into shootouts. That, that's the one thing when you look at the Bears games, really the one game that they kind of got into a shootout and they, they just got beat was the Patriot game. They lost 38-31. to 31. The Dolphins game, they, they just fell apart. It was kind of like a freaky deal, plus it was an overtime. For the most part, I mean, their defense and Khalil Mack, here's the other thing, they, they banked. And you got to give the Bears credit because a lot of teams might not have done this because you're in the heat of battle. You're viewing yourself like a playoff team. Well, Khalil Mack rolled his ankle. He probably didn't have to sit any games. But if you're the Bears, you've invested two first round picks. Luckily, you got the pick swap, so you got a second round pick coming to you in 2020. And the Raiders are going to be horrendous next year. So that pick might end up being 34. That might be like a 50 pick swing. But that's beside the point. But so the, the Bears. At one point in time, two weeks ago, easily could have tried Khalil to battle through it. But instead, he got to sit out two games. They won two straight games without him. And now he comes back healthy. And last week, he gets multiple sacks and looks fresh for the biggest game of the year. They are in fantastic position down the stretch where I don't see, when you look at their schedule, when you look at the way they're situated at 6-3, and three, that if they win this game Sunday night, and it's going to be hard, uh, yeah, you know, I, I will be a little surprised if they win, uh, just because I just think Minnesota more experience, their head coach has been a head coach in much bigger games. I mean, this is, this is by far, I mean, every game moving forward is the biggest game Matt Nagy's ever coached. And I'm a, I'm a Matt Nagy guy, but it, this is, it's not an easy environment. I mean, Sunday night football, most watched television show in America, tangible pressure on the franchise. Just because, I mean, anytime you're kind of a new kid on the block as a as a team, but everyone knows that you have enough talent to make the playoffs. Your quarterback's, you know, was only a one year starter in college, so he hasn't really played that many big games. What's the biggest game Mr. Trubisky's ever played? The bowl game, you know, a game versus Clemson, because he didn't play any as a rookie. Maybe you know every start this year. <laughs> I mean, he's just he doesn't have that much experience. So I mean, you start talking to Al Michaels, the lights are a little brighter. It's a Sunday night in Chicago. It's freezing cold. Like that's this isn't easy. I, I know the analytics crew and the numbers guys love to tell you that they don't tell you this in football uh, because no one would be dumb enough to say this. But in baseball, they love to tell you pressure is not real. You just just a sample size. You just struck out because you don't match up well against the lefties in October. No, it's actually the lights are a little brighter in the playoffs. Guys get tight. <laughs> you know, P- pressure is a real thing. Anyone in any walk of life doing anything, you know, whether you're being the pressure to provide for your family, the pressure in a sales job to keep your job, the pressure as an athlete, the pressure, I don't know, to 
be in a relationship. I mean, there's pressure involved in everything. You know, the, you, you feel it, and you, you feel times when there are, isn't pressure. There's pressure. There's going to be a – there's going to be a – it's going to be lit. I mean, the environment is going to be awesome Sunday night at Chicago. But you're also going to be, if he goes the first couple series and throws some bad incompletions, the crowd's going to get a little tight because they, they don't know. This is a new experience for Mitch, for Bears fans. You're kind of learning on the rope. Sometimes, and I saw it, you know, as, as most of the country did, several years ago when Kaepernick jumped in the scene. Remember, he started that first game on Monday Night Football against Chicago Bears when, or maybe it was the Arizona Cardinals. I think it was Chicago Bears. It was Chicago Bears or maybe Alex got knocked out against Chicago Bears and he started against the Arizona Cardinals the following week. And he was awesome and he never, you know, relinquished the job. And every game, I was like, God, this guy doesn't feel pressure. Now, it's not doesn't parallel each other because Kaepernick was like a three-and-a-half-year starter in Nevada, had actually played and, you know, beat Boise State, who was a top-five team at the time and looked like they might be headed to the national championship game. Like, he had played in big-time games. Now it's different in the NFL, but he had experience playing, you know, playing quarterback. Mitch doesn't. I don't really know what we're going to get. I, I'm nervous to watch this game because I'm confident that the Vikings are good. Uh, their coach has been around the block. They have a, the majority of their players, even including Kirk Cousins that was on a different team, have played in playoff games. Uh, they've been around the ringer. They've won big games. They've won games, they've, and they've lost big games. I mean, a lot of these guys have a lot of experience in big boy games for really the last three years. And the hype on them, and rightfully so, and I thought they were going to be a lock one or two seed. And it looks like it's going to be a dogfight just for them to win the division. And if it, to me, if they lose this game, I wouldn't say the Bears are a lock to win the division, even at 7-3, and three. again, just because of Mitch. And they could always lose a game that they should win, like against the Giants or the Niners. But if they pull this off, they are easily the heavy betting favorite. And if you think about it, if the Bears were to win and they go 7-3, and three, uh, and then in a couple weeks against the Rams, they're flexed. And that game is also in Chicago. So think about this. They get the Vikings at home. They get the Rams, who that's, I mean, that weather's going to be cold. I'll tell you how many games Jared Goff's played in the cold. You can count them on one hand. You know, he's born and raised where I'm sitting right now recording this, not that far away. Uh, And he didn't play any big games at Cal. And there's a couple cold ones he's played. Maybe at like Washington State and Oregon. One, I think his junior year was pouring rain. Or maybe it was a sophomore year. He couldn't hold on to the football. So wait till a sleet and snowstorm, you know, rolls out in Chicago. That ain't going to be easy. So that 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 is, if you're going to play the Rams, it's a huge advantage for the Bears to get them at home. I'm telling you, man, they win this game, watch out, because they could rattle off. They win this game, you get the Lions, they're going to win that game. The Giants, the Giants have quit. Uh, then you get the Rams at home. You never know. All of a sudden, you're like, damn, the Bears went 12-4. and four. Matt Nagy's the coach of the year. Uh, I, I'm really excited. And this, with every one of these Bears win, it makes Gruden look that much stupider. Let's dive in really quick before we get into the Middlecoff mailbag. That Middlecoff mailbag, you can slide up in my DMs at John Middlecoff and, and just bang out a couple games uh, that, are being, that are taking place this Sunday. A couple of my thoughts on it, and then we'll dive into the Middlecoff mailbag. Uh, I'm just going to go based off the ESPN.com page. Cowboys at the Falcons. Both teams four and five. The Cowboys have struggled on the road. They're one and four. Falcons are always pretty solid at home. Uh, th- this is a loser leaves town, and the winner is in the mix for that six wild card. Uh, you know, or the six seed, the last wild card. If whoever wins this game is going to be five and five, and they're going to feel be feeling pretty good about themselves. Loser at four and six is done. Like it's over. Uh, I actually like the Cowboys in this game. If you're gambling, they're actually the underdog. I think it's pretty good value. I mean, ever since they got Amari Cooper, the passing game has looked a little more explosive. They played much better, you know, on Sunday night against the Eagles. If they can carry that over, the Falcons' defense is not very good. The The Cowboys' defense is good. So the one thing the Falcons really have going for them is their pass offense it is unreal. Well, what do the Cowboys do really well? They, they rush the passer. They're actually, their DBs are pretty good, too. And, and their linebackers can play. Uh, I like the Cowboys in this game, and I just think the Falcons are done. Uh, they had a valiant effort to keep this season alive after the terrible start, after all the injuries. It's crazy that they're going to end up probably with, like, six or seven wins. Uh, it speaks to Dan Quinn. He's a good coach. But I, I think Jason Garrett, don't do not sleep on Jason Garrett. 
and Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, the you know Vander Esch, Jalen Smith. I, I like what the Cowboys are cooking with right now. Panthers and Lions. Uh, I'm just so tired of the Lions. Like Matt Patricia, you're a joke. I, I think the Panthers bounce back big time after the ass whooping they got on Thursday Night Football, which feels like a lifetime ago against the Steelers. They'll be fresh. The game's on the road. It might actually help the Panthers indoors. I think they kill them. Probably the most intriguing morning game just because of the playoff implications. Titans 5-4, and four, playing pretty good football. Uh, beat the Cowboys and beat the Patriots the last two weeks against the Colts, who are actually red hot right now. Offensively, Andrew Luck has been unreal. The Titans are 5-4. and four, The Colts are 4-5. and five. If the Colts win this and at 5-5, five and five, it's not – I know some people and Colin have been talking about them as that last, you know, the sixth seed, the last wild card spot. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But if the Titans win this game, basically knocks the Colts out and puts them in pretty good position for, for that spot. I give the Titans credit. Uh, a lot of people wrote them off, including myself. They have not only not gone away, but just look at it. Like the last two weeks, beating Dallas in Dallas, that, that's a good win on Monday Night Football. And then a short week, I mean, they, they killed New England. Uh, I, I like Mike Vrabel. I watch them during OTAs. I just think they have a talented team. If Mariota can just play, you know, within himself, not turn the ball over. Don't be trying to run guys over when you do take off. You got to person they need you. Uh, I, I think the Titans, I wouldn't want to play the Titans in a playoff game. Bucks Giants, I, I can't even begin to care. I mean, what a terrible game. I, I feel bad for the Giants fans. Eli screwed you. And the Buccaneers just stink. I mean, what what a disaster that is. Uh, you're looking at, you know, Cutter gone, uh, Jason Light. I, I don't know him that well. He follows me on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter. Not, he doesn't tweet, but uh, seems like a nice guy, but it's it's over. Texans, Redskins. Texans are coming off a bye. Traded for Demarius Thomas. They're 6-3. and three. Uh, I've been saying for a long time, they, they are going to be the sneakiest 12-4 and four team you've ever seen. You're like, oh, my God, the Texans are 12-4? and four? Yeah, they're going to be 12-4. and four. They're going to cruise to the win, uh, to that divisional win, I think. Now, if the Redskins somehow beat them, the game is in Washington, then they would be 6-4, and four, and if the Titans win, they'd be 6-4. and four. So that I guess the division is by no means over. Uh, but if the Texans win, you basically just say the Redskins, like, get out of here. I, I, I don't take you that seriously anymore. Steelers at Jaguars, like, as Colin said, Saxonville, get out of here. You guys are you guys were frauds. Uh, classic, you know, like a band, a one-hit wonder. Steelers are rolling. You could argue if you just did in-the-moment power rankings, the Saints would probably be one. Uh, is, is there any team? The Chiefs continue to win, but they've just kind of cruised. You know, they're going somewhat through the motions. Now they've been playing terrible teams. But you could argue the Steelers, beside the Saints, no, no team in the NFL is playing better. Uh, they, they are playing at a super high level. Ben's balling. James Conner's been awesome. Antonio Brown's been unreal. The, their defense is kind of coming alive. I, the Steelers are a team on the come. Bengals-Ravens, pretty terrible game. Uh, Flacco's probably not going to play. Lamar Jackson's sick, so you're going to get RG3. RG3 against the Bengals. God, I, I mean... I wouldn't waste much time watching this bad boy. Raiders, Cardinals, they should just not play the game. What a horrendous, terrible. I mean, the, the Raiders are 1-8. and eight, The Cardinals are 2-7. and seven. The Cardinals average less points per game than the Raiders at 13. And the Raiders are 20, I think, or 30th in the NFL at 16. Only the Bills are worse at like 13-1. I mean, the Bills and Cardinals are basically by a tenth of a point, And the Raiders are the 30th team. So just... Horrendous offense, terrible game. Don't waste any time watching that thing. Well, that's ugly. Broncos Chargers, he did practice in a limited basis. I doubt he'd play, but Joey Bosa, whenever he makes his return, which it feels like it's going to happen in the next couple games, it's going to be pretty big. Uh, assuming that the Chargers win this game, the Broncos have kind of tapped out, they would be 8-2, and two, and that would put some pressure on that Chiefs game in Los Angeles now that I talked about earlier. I mean, if the Chiefs were to lose, the, the, I mean, they would basically just be on a path for that That game in Kansas City would be for the division, which I'm all for. Eagle Saints. I actually, and I, this is my logic on this, are the, are the Philadelphia Eagles with Carson Wentz going to be 4-6? and six? I understand they're playing the Saints in New Orleans, who, again, are playing better than any team in the NFL. 
Their offense is unstoppable right now. Literally unstoppable. I mean, they're throwing up 35 points. The Say what you want about the Bengals. They are not some slouch defense. They dropped 35 points in Cincinnati. I mean, that, that was as impressive of a half has been played so far this year in football. But I, I do think this is... The Eagles are somewhat playing for their season. Uh, I, I just kind of like the Eagles in this game. I don't, you know, the stats wouldn't back me up. The eye test wouldn't back me up. Uh, but I, I just can't see. I think, just think Carson Wentz is too good. You're going to get the Eagles. They, they still have a ton of players on that team that won a championship. You're going to get one last Mike Tyson-like swing. Now, m- maybe they don't connect. But I think, do not be shocked that if you look, this to me has written all over it. Like, you look up, you're like, damn, the Eagles are up 14 nothing. you know, 10 minutes into the first quarter. It's just, they're fighting for their life. I mean, their, their season's on the line. And then Viking Bears in the Monday night game. So, uh, let's let's dive into the Middlecoff mailbag. Okay, before we get into the mailbag, let me tell you about my buddies at LinkedIn. I, I know a lot of guys that, you know, and girls, they listen to this podcast you know, you either run companies, you're in charge of at your company of hiring the guy, you work in HR, it's a big role. I, I've been in that situation before. It's hard to hire people because the hardest thing is to find the right person. And do don't do not leave finding someone great to chance when you can post your job right on LinkedIn. Most LinkedIn members haven't recently visited top job boards, but nine of 10 members are open to new opportunities. And 70% of the U.S. workforce is on LinkedIn. Posting on LinkedIn is the best way to get your job opportunity in front of more of the right people. People who are qualified for your role and ready for something new. It's the best way to find the right person and grow your business. I'm telling you. And the great thing is, I have something for you. If you go to LinkedIn.com slash J-O-H-N, LinkedIn.com slash John, you'll get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash John to get $50 off your first job post. LinkedIn.com slash John. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's get to the Middlecoff mailbag. You guys have been crushing it. A lot of good uh, lot of good questions. Someone just hit me up. They didn't think I answered the questions, but I always answer the questions. Uh, hey, John, nobody's wanted – here's one. Hey, John, nobody's wanted Jameis to work as bad as I have, but recently it's been rough. What do you think is holding him back from developing into a true franchise quarterback besides the top terrible off the field record? Well, obviously the off the field stuff set him back big time this year. He had to spend it three games. But to me, the biggest problem for Jameis Winston, and this was a massive issue at Florida State, turnovers. You know, it's one thing to have a bad year of picks. It's another thing to consistently throw moronic picks. Like, for a long time, Cam Newton, uh, back when he was younger, would just airmail some balls and throw some dumb picks. Well, the years that they have been good and made the playoffs, and Cam Newton now is headed back to the playoffs surely again, he he cuts down on the turnovers. Like, Jameis, you have Mike Evans, you have Deshaun Jackson, you have O.J. Howard. uh, They brought in, they, they drafted Ronald Jones. He didn't really play much earlier in the season. Hell, he wasn't even dressed the first couple games. But you, you can't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, and I know Fitzmagic, fun story, and we all make fun of it on social media. But, like, Jameis, you can't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's 100% the right decision to not play him. Like, I, I wouldn't play Jameis over Ryan Fitzpatrick. He hasn't earned it. He hasn't played as well. The offense is not as potent with Jameis. Uh, I, I don't know if there's necessarily, like, I have a black and white answer for you. It's just because of this. Turnovers, you can't depend on them. He does stupid stuff. He, he's, he doesn't play smart. Uh, he gets the hero ball syndrome. Now, has he had a great coach? I mean, is Dirk Cutter a good offensive coordinator? He's not a very good head coach. Uh, it's not the most stable environment for a quarterback, but still, like, James, you draft the number one overall. They have a team loaded with people around you, and you could not beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, again, you, you started, you know, behind the eight ball with the suspension, but Man, what a uh, what what a just embarrassing season for Jameis. What's going on, John? I'm a fan of both podcasts, and I'm interested in knowing how you think the Niners should address all their needs this offseason. We need big-time help at the edge, receiver, corner, and offensive guard. 
Is it realistic to think we can get blue chip impact players at two of these positions? Well, let's start with an edge rusher. The the Niners are going to have a top two or three pick. This is one of the better defensive line drafts in recent memory. From Bosa to Gary to the dudes at Clemson. uh, They're sweet defensive tackles. They did a great, the dude at Alabama, Quinn and Wilson. uh, He looks like Aaron Donald. So the, the Niners have zero excuse in the draft not to get a sweet pass rusher. Wide receiver, a little bit more of a problem. There are not many great free agent wide receivers. The best one's probably Golden Tate, and he's 31 years old. Now, the Niners should sign Golden Tate. But my point is, like, there are not that many options. You know, there's no, you know, Odell Beckhams or Mike Evans or even, hell, Brandon Cooks around. The Niners would die for, like, Doug Baldwin. You know, they, they ain't getting Devontae Adams. They're going to need to develop Dante Pettis, probably draft another wide receiver in the, you know, in the mid-rounds, and still, you know, work with George Kittle, who is a really good tight end. But th- that one's going to be a little hard. Corner, uh, th- they-, they could use their top pick, depending, you know, on the pass rusher that they like on a corner. Uh, you can pr- usually sign a corner. Now, you have to pay big money for it, but... You know, guys hit the open market. A, a lot of times, older veterans, not like super old, but guys in their late 20s that are making big money, teams cut. I mean, Richard Sherman's had a fantastic year. How did the Niners get him? You, you can find corners on the open market. You can't really find pass rushers. And you can also find you can find guards later in the draft. That shouldn't be hard. The hard the hard guy to find is, is going to be a wide receiver. Uh, it's not a great wide receiver draft. There are no blue chip wide receivers, you know, in this draft. The people I talk about or talk with in the in the league, uh, and, and the free agent crop is, is terrible. Do you believe Jimmy G will bounce back from his injury next year and be able to make the 49ers a contender, or is he just a fluke and the Niners are in for a long rebuild? I, I think Jimmy is one of the more fascinating players coming up in 2019 because uh, the hype on him was so strong. I do think he finally started to get his mojo back in that Kansas City game when they were down big and they were storing back and then he tore his ACL. Uh, I've said it all along, and I'm not just a Bay Area homer. I think Jimmy G is a stud. I I thought he was a stud on New England, those couple games that he played. Uh, I thought he was clearly excellent the last five games that he won with the 49ers. He got off to somewhat of a sluggish start this year, but the, the schedule was really hard. Uh, I think he would have been fine. Now, it's pretty clear the Niners would not have made the playoffs with this roster, but they would have won seven, eight games with Jimmy Garoppolo. He, he's that good. But the major question mark for Jimmy, you know, can he stay healthy? He, he started 10 games. He had two major injuries. People are like, oh, John, his first injury with the shoulder wasn't a major injury. If you get knocked out multiple games, that's a major injury. Now, is having a dislocated shoulder and missing a month the same as tearing an ACL and missing a year? No. But you miss multiple games. Like, I red flag you. Now, he's missed multiple games because of multiple injuries. So he's an injury-prone player. He has to prove otherwise. Can he? Sure. But part of this is on Jimmy Garoppolo. Play smarter. Stop taking so many dumbass hits. You know, uh, uh, avoid people when you can. You don't run players over. Just be smarter. Hey, John, love the pod. With Washington just losing both starting guards and their deep threat for the year, and Chris Thompson, Crowder, and Trent Williams banged up. What does this mean for the Skins? Second year in a row, they've been hammered by injuries. Is this bad for Gruden and the franchise? I I, I do think the NFL with injuries somewhat random. I mean, in 2017, I don't follow the Redskins that closely, but follow them well enough to know they had a historic year for injuries. Watching the game, who was it against? I think the Falcons. This is probably this te- uh, DM's a little old, but after the during the Falcons games, dudes just dropping like flies. They ended up losing, and then you know th- this is a big week for them. Uh, I I liked. I was a little more bullish on the Redskins earlier in the season, but like you said, just so many injuries again, and Alex is just not good enough to overcome them. That's not he's that's not his style. Like he needs the team to be in tip top shape. Like, you give him Tyree Kills, you give him Vernon Davises, you give him an excellent offensive line, you give him Kareem Hunt, you give him Frank Gore, you give him Chris Thompson, uh, you know, when they're humming, he, he can beat you. You give him Andy Reid. I, I do think Jay Gruden's a really good coach. Uh, he's the better Gruden in the NFL. I don't even think that's arguable. Uh, 
It's not. I mean, Jay Gruden is a better coach right now than John Gruden. 1,000%. But it's just hard to win when you're half your team's, you know, injured. Now, I don't know the exact story who wanted, you know, Alex and get rid of Kirk. That, that whole thing was a little weird. So that might be a little bit on Jay. But the injuries aren't. You, you can only lose so many players in the NFL and not have it completely ruin your season. Now, the great thing is the NFC sucks. You know, the Eagles could easily lose this week. Uh, and the, the Cowboys, I wouldn't say – the Eagles definitely. I mean, they're in New Orleans. The Cowboys are playing, uh, you know, the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. I, I do think Dallas could win, but it's not crazy that both those teams lose. You know, the Washington's still in pretty good shape to win the division. It's Do, do I view Washington as we sit here right now on November 15th as a playoff team? No, I don't. But I, you just, given the numbers, you, you cannot discount it. Uh, appreciate everyone sending me the DMs. Uh, if, I, if I miss your DMs, sometimes I'm just, you know, I'm just overwhelmed. So many of you guys uh, uh, up, in my, uh, up in my inbox. So hit me again. If I missed your question, I definitely didn't mean to. Just sometimes I, I miss it. Thanks for listening again, and enjoy the weekend. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.